Okay, guys, how you doing? Um, I'm recording this one from Detroit. <clears throat> so let's uh, see where we're at. The bottom of the Kapitan of Aleph, you were talking about a Cherub, and we said even a Cherub of Shalom you have to fast for, or be Matria. And we give the case of Yoshio Hamela. So we'll pick up with the Pasuk here at the top of the Amr and Kapitan Mabet. The Pasuk says, This is Paron Necho, who wants to pass through Eretz Yisrael on his way to fight a battle not in Eretz Yisrael. So, but Yoshio comes out to greet him, basically to fight him. He says, "What's it to me and to you, the Melech of Yehuda? Lo alecha tahayom. It's not about you today that I'm coming. Ki al beit milchamti. I'm going to the place I'm going to wage battle. Velokim amar. And God said, Levahaleni chadan lecha melohim. But Levahaleni means to hasten me, like God said that I should go. Chadan lecha melokim asherim me. It's not a good idea for you to get in the way of Hashem, who's with me. Val yashchitecha, and He shouldn't destroy you and cut you down." So, uh, so that's what's happening. Then my Elokim Asherimi. So, what's the Elokim Asherimi? So, the truth is that I'm Rabbi Yudah Marav. Rabbi Yudah says the name of Rav is that it shouldn't be Elokim; it should be Elohim. Zo Abadazara. It's referring to Abadazara. That he's saying, "My God," right? Lowercase G, from our perspective, is uh, uh, is uh, telling me that I should go. And this is what the Gemara is telling us that Amar that Yoshio said to himself, said to himself, Since this king, meaning Paranacho, is relying on the Zara, so I will be able to defeat him. And that's what Yoshio thought. That is not how it ended for Yoshio. As the next passage that quotes us tell us, it tells us it says, yorim la Yoshio, that the archers shot Melachi Yoshio. And the king said to his uh, servants, Get me out of here because I have been very hechaleti, um, like the word chole, like weakened or ill or, or you know, uh, um, injured. So Gemara says, my ki hechaleti ma'od, what does it mean? A lot. Like, what does it mean? A lot. Amar av Yehuda marav, and lamei sha'asu kol gufo kikvara. Rabbi Yehuda's name of Rav said, it teaches us that he made, they made his whole body like a sieve, meaning that it says that by Yehuda that the, uh, the archers shot the, uh, shot the, um, the arrows, there's an implication there, that, I guess the multiplicity of the word the yoreh, which is to shoot, that they shot him many, many times. And he made him like a sieve, meaning full of holes, which is kind of a gruesome uh, image. But that's the idea of Yoshiyahu, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is telling us that, uh, and the serve of Yoshiyahu is telling us that uh, even when the king comes through for Shalom, uh, that's still a dangerous situation. And Yoshiyahu is sort of like an example of that where he, uh, he, he went out to battle and he ended up dying. Amar of Shmuel Bar Nachmedi, Amar Rabbi Yonatan, I should read. What's the reason Yoshia was punished? I mean, why didn't he win the battle? Because he should have consulted with Yermiyahu Hanavi, and he did not do so. Why not? My Darash, what was the drasha that he made? And he made his own drasha to figure out that he can wage battle. He didn't, usually, the, the king should consult the Navi. But what did he do? He said, the Pasuk says as follows, One of the promises in, in the Parshat V'chukotai, uh, of uh, when things are good, they said that a sword should not path, pass through your land. So my cherev. So what do you mean by a sword? If you think it means, or if you say it means a sword that's not of shalom, not of peace, meaning it's a it's a battle sword. Fact, see, but already it's written in the same pasuk in uh, earlier in the same uh, uh, section in Bichukotai. But not shalom ba'aris. There will be uh, excuse me, the same pasuk actually. Not shalom ba'aris. There will be peace in the land. So obviously, there's cherev. There's not going to be people waging battle. Allah, what does it mean? Afilu she'ino shal shalom. Um, so it must be, excuse me, afilu shal shalom. It must be afilu uh, that even if it's a cherub of shalom, even so, uh, the promise is that that's not going to pass through your land also. And therefore, Yoshiyahu figured that uh, if uh, the way Hashem makes his promises, this is also not supposed to happen, and therefore he can go out and he'll be able to successfully defeat Paranacho. 
But the Gemara tells us, but what Yoshio didn't know was that that he didn't realize that his generation was not uh, properly similar to the description in the Chumash, meaning uh, he, they weren't worthy of having this uh, this nevuah fulfilled, and therefore, even though it was a cherev of shalom, it still was something that they had that uh, he should have let go. The Gemara says, "Ki when uh, he when Yoshia was dying, Yirmiyo saw his lips, Yoshio's lips that were moving. Amar Amar." So he said to himself, Yermio said to himself, perhaps Shema, uh, God forbid, is a, he, um, he's saying something that's not, not Mahagna, it's not Mahogahogan, it's not appropriate. Why Agav Tsaari? Because of his pain. Meaning maybe Yoshiyahu HaMelech is saying things like against Hashem because he's, he's suffering. So Gachin, so he bent over Vishami and he heard what Yoshiyahu was saying to Kamatzdik Alei Dina Anavshedi. He was doing Tzidur Kadin. Tzidur Kadin is something that people are supposed to do if possible before they die, when they basically say that Hashem is righteous and we're all sinners, essentially. Um, and that's what he's saying here. Amar Tzadik Hu Hashem Kipiu Mariti. God is righteous because I have uh, embittered his. Uh, uh, his mouth, meaning I didn't do what Hashem wanted, and that's why I'm suffering this way. And therefore, um, Yoshiyahu, excuse me, Yirmiyahu, Anavi realized that Yoshiyahu was essentially doing tshuva for his mistake. Patachaleya, he shot us. At that moment, he opened up with the following words of Hespe, the eulogy, with the Pasuk, Ruach HaPenu Mashiach Hashem, the, the spirit of our nose, the, uh, the anointed one of Hashem, meaning he began to then um, eulogize Yoshiyahu as a righteous, as a righteous king. Okay, so that's a little bit of extra stuff we had about Yoshiyahu HaMelech, but in the context, again, of the idea of a cherub passing through the land, even a cherub of Shalom, requiring um, shofar blowing. Okay, the Mishnah continued, and said, The Zekinim came down, and they saw um, the blight, right? They saw the um, the Shidafon, like this plague sort of thing, that's on the grain. So the, and they said that and the, in the story. Remember, we had the story we mentioned yesterday. The story was that they saw the 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 full oven of it. So ibayilahu kamaleitanur tfuak dimot kamaleitanur pat. So the question was, um, is it the full of a grain oven or a bread oven? Meaning a, a bread oven smaller because people don't you don't fill the whole oven with food. You put, you stick the dough on the sides of the oven. Um, we actually had a tour of uh, Machane Yehuda and one of the. Uh, in one of the bakeries there, they actually do this. They have this very hot oven, and they take the dough and they slap it on the side of the uh, on the side of the oven, and it gets very hot and cooks kind of like a pita. Um, I think it also has the word pot, like pita. Uh, anyhow, so uh, while we're on the subject, so Tashmas, we have to answer this question. The Gemara says, "Look at what the Mishnah said." Kimalei p tanur. It said like the 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 full of the the, the filling the mouth of the tanur, uh, and that seems to imply that it's the uh, the bread oven. Because the the mouth is more uh, is more relevant there. Um, Rashi points out because if it was the the tanur of the tefuah, you couldn't fit it on the mouth of the tanur. Anyways, the Gemara says about but we still have a question: Kikisuya do tanura? Is it like the meaning? Is it the amount of uh, let's say bread that would fill the mouth of the, like the cover of the tanur? Odilma kidara derifta. Or is it like a row of the dough that sort of like, you know, like of the bread that then right, like goes up, like stacks up towards the mouth of the tanur, meaning from the, from the bottom to the top. So it's not clear. Is it like a smaller amount, like just the, just the lid or the whole sides? Take So they're not sure of the answer to that question. Okay, the Mishnah continues. They said, This is the case where the wolves ate a baby. 
So Amar Ula Mishnah Bishim Ben Yehotzadak Masel Balu Ose Evim Shnei Tinokot Fi Kiyum Derech Beit Harei. Very gruesome story, and you'll see a very technical halacha, a very strange combination here. Rabbi Shimon Ben Yehotzadak says it tells a story that the two um, that wolves swallow two babies apparently whole. Okay, and then they the hikiyum literally hikiyum means they threw them up, like they vomited them. But here it doesn't mean that it means they de- deposited them derech beit rear, meaning in the excrement. But like basically it wasn't excrement; it was the the babies. Obama aselip nechachamim. So chachamim had to rule on the matter. And here there's a very te- very very technical ruling here. Obviously it's a tragedy, and obviously uh, did, you know maybe requires some of the crying out that we talked about. And the Mishnah ruling on tuma and tahara issues. It says v'tiaruot abatzamot. Right, normal certain situations of the body of a the body of a Jew is metameh. And that's true for the flesh and for the bones. In this case, because the the body had been through the uh, the animal's uh, digestive tract, so the chachmim were mitahered the basar, the flesh that was there was really already digested to some extent, and therefore did not qualify as normal flesh, and therefore it was still tahor. It was tahor. But the timur but the bones they say where it's continued to be tameh because that doesn't make a difference. Okay, so that's a little bit strange, but we'll move on. Al-Elu matri'in v'shabbat v'chulik, so different cases they have true uh, on Shabbat itself. So Tanur Rabbanan, so the Baraita tells us, uh, some of the same cases in the Mishnah and a couple extras, Irshi kifua nochrim, a city that's been surrounded by uh, non-Jews, like a siege, O Nahar, and there's a um, a river that the, the banks of the river are like going to overflow, V'achad svinaha mitorefe bayam, and a, uh, a boat that's um, being tossed about in the sea, V'achad yachich and nirdafim p'nei nochrim, also an individual who's being chased by non Jews, meaning they want to chase them to kill him. Omi pei listin, omi by he being chased by um, uh, like bandits. Omi pei ruach ra'al, also a person who's like running around with an evil spirit in him, meaning acting kind of crazy, and they're worried that maybe he will uh, hurt himself. Akulan yachid rashid lesegeva datsmo metanias. For all these situations, the writer tells us an individual is allowed to afflict himself. Literally, literally lesegeva means to flog himself, like to give lashes. But here it really means betanit. It means like to afflict himself with fasting. Rabbi Yossi Omer, no, ain hayachid rashid lesegeva datsmo betanit. An individual is not allowed to do that. Shema yisterich lebriot because if he does that, he'll be weak and maybe he'll need to start uh, asking for help from other people. Ve'in habriot marachamot alav, and the people will not be merciful on him. Meaning the concern is if you're too weak to work, then you have to ask for it stuck up from other people, and then they start demanding the money back, and you're not going to be able to provide it, and they're not going to have mercy on you. So you can get yourself in very tough situations if you uh, do not, if you uh, start to afflict yourself in a serious way as an individual. I'm a Rav Yudah Marav, my time with the Rabbi Yossi. So Rav Yudah Nani Marav says, what's the reasoning for Rabbi Yossi? Dichtiv, ahi ha'adam l'nefesh chaya. It says in Breshit that a man became a living soul or a living being. Neshamash natati becha ha'chayeha. The soul that I gave you, make it be alive. Okay? So the chaya, nefesh chaya, is ha'chaye. Like, make it alive. You have to make yourself live. And this is the this is the source, again, of the, this principle that, in general, you're not really allowed to harm yourself. And you're also not allowed to... Uh, to cause yourself to be even weakened because you have to, uh, your responsibility is to take care of your body. Even if you have some kind of nice motives, you know, to ta'anit or whatever it might be, generally speaking, this, at least this opinion, is telling us not to, uh, not to engage in that practice. Okay, Shimonotim Ani Omer Afal Hadevar Vechulei, so it says even for the plague, um, and the Chachamim, it says in the Mishnah, didn't agree with him. They asked the question, did the Chachamim not agree with him with regards to Shabbat, meaning that in general they thought you should be fasting? Okay, I apologize. Occasionally this happens. Um, I got a phone call as, as I was uh, recording. So let me go back to that two dots, okay? Um, so the question is, did the Chachamim not agree only with regards to the idea of um, blowing the Shofar on Shabbat? 
but on Chol, on the weekdays, they would agree, or do they not agree at all, and they think it's just not worthy of having the shofar blowing? So Tashmaz, let's try to answer the question. Detanya, we have a bright which teaches us, Matri'in al-hadever b'shabbat ve'in tarachlorim b'chol. So Tanakhama says that they blow the shofar for dever on Shabbat, and only to be told uh, on weekdays, meaning obviously on the weekdays as well. Rabbi Hanan ben Pitom, Tamidosh Rabbi Kiva, Mishim Rabbi Kiva, Mayor, so this Rabbi Hanan ben Pitom quotes Rabbi Kiva, Ein matrin al hadever kol ikar, you do not uh, blow the shofar for dever at all. That's been Rabbi Kiva. This presumably ref- uh, this reflects the opinion of the Rabbanan in our Mishnah, and that is, uh, and that's a, the answer to the question that we had. Okay. Um, so we said generally any type of tzara that we're anticipating, we don't want to come on the tzibur, so we also uh, do this. So Tana Rabbanu, we have a bright. Right, so we said any type of tzara that we want to avoid coming on the on the community, we blow the shofar, except for an abundance of rain. My time, and what's the reason for this? Rabbi Yochanan says because we do not daven to prevent an abundance of good, because rain inherently is good. And Rabbi Yochanan also said, From where do we know that you don't daven for an abundance of good? Shnei says, in the Pasuk of Malachi, They bring all the ma'aser into the storehouse, etc. And the Pasuk goes on to say, that basically Hashem says, you can, you can test me on this issue, and you're going to have so much, uh, you know, you have so much abundance. And it goes on to say, I'll bring, the, I'll bring you bracha until... Uh, there's no die, there's no enough. So the Gemara asked about that last phrase, my ad beli die. What does it mean um, until, there's not en- you, you, until there's not enough? So Amar Rami Barav, um, Rami Barav, probably should say Rami Barav Yud, ad sheyivlu sifto techem milomar die. It's a play on words here. Ad beli die, the word beli is like the word bala. Bala means to be worn out. So it says you're going you're gonna to have so much rain and so much produce that your lips will be worn out from saying die enough. This is like you have so much. Amar Rabbi Rami Bar Rav Yud, Rami the son of Rav Yud said, "Uva Gola Matri in but on Gola in the in the uh, in the exile in the diaspora, we do blow the shofar for this." Tanya Na Mehachin does a bright that tells us the same thing. Shana Shek Shamei Mirubin in a year where there is a lot of rain, Anshei Mishmar Sholchim Anshei Maamad, the Anshei Mishmar sent to the Anshei Maamad, Tenu Enichem Baachichem Shabagola. Pay attention, meaning put your eyes, but it means pay attention to your brethren in the diaspora. That their houses should not be their graves. Meaning the concern was that there's too much rain, maybe uh, the, the, uh, the land under their houses would be um, unstable and maybe the houses could collapse. I think we've had this before, a similar idea. Um, and um, I think we mentioned that on Yom Kippur, we have a similar type of thing we say about the people in Shomron. In the Musaf on Yom Kippur, we mentioned this thing that the Kohen Gadol would tell them to daven for the people in Shomron because they also had this thing where the, the houses had to be built on stilts and if they uh, there's too much uh, rain, their houses get washed out. Similar idea. Okay. Sha'alu et Rabbi Eliezer at heichan geshamim yordim palalu shalo yordus. They asked Rabbi Eliezer how much rain should there be before we asked and started to daven and there shouldn't be any more rain. He says, until a person stands in Karen Afel, this place called Karen Afel, explain in a second, and um, dip his feet, his feet in the water. And the idea is that Karen Afel is this very, very high point. It's like a cliff um, at a very high point in Eretz Israel. And um, the idea is to be that, that if you have to wait until the point where you can dip your feet in the water when you're standing on this cliff, it means there's a, you know, like tons and tons of feet of water. And essentially, he's saying is never, right? There's never a time. To daven for for no more rain, 
Um, so Gemara asks a technical question first. But we have a bright who tells us to dip your hands in the water. Raglav uh, kamina. He said, "I'm saying your feet are like your hands. I Meaning you can bend, uh, you kick it with your feet, you can bend over and touch it with your hands. Either way, the point is you're standing on the cliff. If you can touch the water, then that's when you can say that's when you can spondily say daven uh, for no more rain. But that's never going to happen. That's the point." To emphasize the point, the Gemara quotes Rabbi Barachana. He said, "I once was at Karen Afel. I saw it, um, and what I saw was the Kamahutaya, and I saw a certain Arab merchant." Um, he was riding a camel, okay, so he's pretty high off of the ground, and he had a spear, and the spear is also pretty high. He looked like a worm, and he looked tiny. The point is that Karen Afil is so high up that when you see this man riding on a camel with a spear, he still looks really tiny. So that's uh, emphasizing the point of how high that is and how ridiculous it would be to uh, be able to dip your feet in the water. So again, it's just a certain, certain phrase that essentially is saying never. Okay, Tanu Rabbanan, we'll just do a little bit of this uh, next couple lines. Um, God says in the Torah that, oh, right, one, again, this is another one of the blessings that we have in Parsha B'chukotai, that will give the rain at this proper time. Not like a drunken, meaning not overdone, not uh, thirsty, it will be like middle ground. Because whenever there's too much rain, it like uh, messes up the land, and it makes it all muddy, and it can't uh, can't bring forth produce and fruits. Okay, so that's uh, an explanation. So we see that there is this idea that you know the idea of gishmechem uh, biita means like to have proper amounts of rain. But just so even though we're saying that we don't daven for no more rain, we do understand that there is a negative effect sometimes of too much rain. Another idea is biitam uh, um, that we want the rain to come on Wednesday evenings and on uh, Shabbat night also. Um, and we'll continue there tomorrow to talk about Shimon Meshat after the story about him. Okay, we'll stop here, guys. This is uh, for uh, Thursday. It's this for Thursday. We'll pick up uh, next week.